Welcome everybody to another episode of Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. And we're here to talk about uh, sections two through five in Chapter Correct. One of The Gunslinger, The Dark Tower Indeed. series. We're taking it slow. Yeah. Exactly. Taking it slow. We're just so. going to meet Brown and Zoltan today, man. <clears throat> well, before we meet Brown and Zoltan... Yes. This is I've my book. Some. So I have a different cover than you. Uh, I, I'm now holding up my book that I got, but it's an original version. And on this cover, there is a raven. And mm. immediately I was like, well, is that Zoltan? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to be. It's the only raven mentioned in the book. Yeah. Well, so far. As, so far. As we know, this is my first time reading this. <laughs> nice. Indeed. And I've read it several times, so, you know, we're going to be taking it slow and, you know, trying to avoid as many spoilers as we can. So far, Kevin has let two spoilers fly. And we're not going to mention them, but just keep track that thus far it's two. <laughs> Moving right along. So, <laughs> indeed. indeed. Well, okay, so last we knew, the, uh, the man in black fled and the gunslinger followed. And we learned Correct. about the gunslinger in section one. What Indeed. Looks Mostly like. about his guns and what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. And a little bit about uh, the purgatorial waste that he's walking around. Very true. Uh, you know, flee- it's not only about the man in black and the gunslinger. It's also about the desert. This desert is going to kick the gunslinger's ass. So, here we go. We have got... Uh, Basically, right off the bat, um, you know, he is leading this poor mule who's been led through the desert, who is basically blind from the heat, and... Um, hey, Kevin, I, 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 I'm going to sure. stop you right there. Um, because, it, was that a change from the original to the special edition? Because in the original Indeed. it says, the donkey, and then it later mm. says, the mule. So I, I get a little confused, because donkeys and mules are different. <laughs> okay, so what is the difference between a donkey and a mule, to be specific? Oh, uh, wait, I know this. Um, a, a mule is a cross between a horse and a donkey, and it's, uh, I think it's uh, sterile. They actually can't have their own baby mules. A donkey oh. is its own, spe- so, it, uh, so a mule is just a cross between a donkey and a horse, I believe. But again, Interesting. So- I, I'm assuming that we're on Earth here so there's lots of things that you've talked about <laughs> so who knows? exactly like within this paragraph we've got another major change from the original book and we have got uh the gunslinger uh you know after receiving a compass from a guy a uh, silver compass a st- stainless steel silver compass so that, so that was something when i was listening to it rather than reading it I thought they said stainless steel silver, but in the book it's capitalized S I L V A. So, huh? What does that mean? I don't know. Indeed. But okay. Could 
could be a brand or something but yeah. that's one thing that's consistent uh thus far that you know takes a compass from a guy and if he meets jesus he'll give it to him and the gunslinger is like he seriously like nodded at this guy like if he would he would give it to him but he didn't think he was going to <laughs> like he is just so beyond any kind of preconceived notions of you know what his journey is going to go mm. and where he's going to head and also we've got another jesus reference yeah uh, jesus again the religion. man jesus the man <laughs> jesus so um after that in the new version we have him once he saw a tahin this one a man with a raven's head with the misbegotten thing fled at, uh, at his hail calling what might have been words might have been curses yeah i, so, rem- I remember that. reading that one too tahin with a raven's tahin. head so exactly th- this is what i'm thinking about our friend zoltan who we're about to meet oh okay is like well and brown uh, all right I, i'm gonna i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait but it's one step si- at a time yeah, yeah one step at a time uh but, but where um, did see uh, i was just reading that tahin because that was capitalized also right exactly that's right after he did not expect uh you know to see jesus uh tahin a man with a raven's head calling curses at him as he ran away so uh fled i guess he doesn't say ran but basically you know we've got to assume human arms and legs raven's head very strange Mm -hmm. like first you know uh overt reference to the fact that this is you know at least not a historical story let's put it that way we could have just been you know a man with guns chasing after you know an evil priest and could take very well take place on earth but now we've got a tahin and things are complicated things are getting more complicated i agree Mm. all right so moving right along Uh, Mm. he comes over a hill right And, and what, over the hill. what does he see? Like, there's many sod dwellings, but nothing until he sees this dweller with a shock of red hair, right? Right. <laughs> and a, let's see. But here, here's the line that I like. Um, Wild shock of strawberry hair, blah, blah, blah. The mule let out a wheezing grunt, and the dweller looked up, glaring, blue eyes coming target center on the gunslinger in a moment. And I, I like that line right there. Coming target mm. center on him. Like, so right away, he's like, I know what I'm looking at. Because I think later on, he says, you're a gunslinger, aren't you? Mm. And a gunslinger, it's- not the gunslinger. This is true this is the first reference to there being other gunslingers mm-hmm. i'm sorry so, I, i'm going too fast no 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 <laughs> no problem i'm on board um so let's see life for your crop life for your crop life for your own basically just spitting in the ground life for your crop life for your own it's a fun little greeting and another just sort of like world building aspect that we've got in you know the gunslinger's uh location or whatever so 
Hmm. Yeah, what, what would you do if, if you were just sitting out there? Gar- did you have a garden, Kevin? I do not. I wish I did. Uh, we closest do. I've got to it is closest I've got to a uh, yard is just a backyard where there's just a bunch of you know uh, recycling bins and garbage cans. So yeah, you should get a garden. Not much sometimes. growing it, going it, on. It's back fun there. to grow things, or maybe too much. But mm. especially for Mister Brown here, who's in the middle of the desert, how middle is he desert. growing things? That that is my question. Because as, well, as far as we've learned so far, only devil grass can grow in this desert. I mean, it is something. It counts. But, you know, we've also got Brown has been digging a well. So he's there at the very least. There is some sort of a aquifer like deep underground. And he's managed to, you know, pull the water up and <laughs> irrigate his crops this way. So... Um, that that's where another thing in this chap or these sections uh, come up is the the passage of time. Um, they, they, they've talked about how much time has passed as he's been searching for the man in black. Um, but it, it also it sounds like time passes differently here. So it's like they're all exactly. like, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's been six weeks. Maybe it's been three months. But the his well, it takes somebody a while to make a friggin' well. Have you ever made a well, Kevin? I have not. <laughs> Nor have I. I can imagine it would be difficult. Um, I feel like take there's many a lot of post hole digging and then spiraling around. Yep. Well, find an aquifer first. You got to get down to the water True. table and and yeah, yeah. This is, we're talking months of work. All right. Correct. Or it could be magic. Like I was saying last week, we'll see about that. I don't know. Indeed, we've got raven-headed people, so who knows where we're going? Yeah. Corn and beans. Not quite sure. He's got corn corn and beans. Indeed, corn's free. Beans, he's got to pay for. Because, okay. Papa Doc brings the beans. And that guy, that, yeah, was, just, that was something else about a passage of time. It was like, oh, well, the, the guy who brings the beans hasn't been here in two months, right? And mm, he kept saying his name correct. is Papa Doc. I don't know. I guess that's, that's a name. A, that's somebody. Indeed. This is something that you've got to get used to, is that Stephen King loves introducing super minor characters with just a tiny bit of characterization, just enough that, you know, they feel very fleshed out right away. Like, Brown's got these friends he's talking about, one guy buys beans from, and, you know, he he's, he's has his own life that is independent of the gunslinger. So I may so, or may not see these people ever again. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? That's true. I have a feeling the gunslinger is important. Quite very much so, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the book's named after him, oh, so, okay. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I right. forgot, yes. The gunslinger is important. Uh, okay, so here's the other thing I was thinking, Kevin. Um, yes. We've been talking about um, the the board, the D&D D board of, uh, you know, yes, neutral the... and... Uh, what was it? What was Morality it? alignment. Morality uh, alignment. Yeah, you're you're chaotic or um. What, what was the other lawful. end of it? Lawful. Lawful. So chaotic and lawful evil, and then there's chaotic mm. and lawful good. Correct. Right? And then there's neutrals on both sides. Neutral good, neutral evil. Now, Indeed, like, chaotic neutral, lawful neutral. 
And then there's true neutral, where you literally never know what the character is going to do, or they just, you know... True neutral? Isn't that... That might be the worst. The worst or the best? Or the best. Well, depending on if you want to be that character in a game or something, but like... Oh, in, in I, like I tried. Are, are, are you neutral, Kevin? <laughs> I am not. I am either wildly chaotic or wildly lawful. I, you know, TikTok between both sides. I, but, I don't even fully um, understand this whole chart. I, I, I think I'm probably lawful good. Like I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I or feel like slightly well, chaotic. I mean, <laughs> we're a little bit chaotic, definitely. You know, moving to Seattle has got to be a little bit chaotic. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people are actually more lawful here than New Jersey is more chaotic, I'd say. Really? Yeah. Uh, yes, there, I've got to agree with you. New Jersey is a very like, chaotic it, state. People are kind and stuff here, but it's like, like, people in Seattle like to wait in line. It's weird. Like They like to. It, like, you just see them, like, go into a place and be like, oh, here's a line. I'm going to go wait here. So, to me, that's the definition of lawful. <laughs> it's like I'm going to follow these laws that were created for me by this coffee shop or whatever, you know. Mm. Or this road. Ugh. New Jersey drivers are better. Cuz chaotic you, oh. so driving to me can can kind of fall onto this scale too. And like very 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 true. <laughs> Turnpike is When you're a lawful good. driver, sometimes it's not the best. Sometimes it's better yeah. to be a chaotic driver and just get to where you're going but eh. indeed parkway is definitely more chaotic than the turnpike <laughs> mm. totally uh totally. anyway what the hell were we talking about um, so we were saying oh oh so this is know, what i wanted to guy, say I, I, I did want to say something um so the man in, the man in black right man in black that's been established we don't know the gunslinger wears whatever colors he might wear but this guy's name is brown so the Ooh, idea of okay. brown to me, it means a little bit of both colors, you know? So that's all I mm. wanted to say. Is it, like, I don't True, know if his the... name being brown is important, but it makes me think of the color brown, which is not uh, quite black you know. and not quite white, a little bit of red, with his shock of red hair. Correct. Brown with red hair. This is a very, you know, earthy-colored guy. He is, you know... Uh, clay and soil. He is, you know, wor- he is farming the earth as he encounters the gunslinger for the fir- first time. Okay. So it is identifying him with earthy elements and whatnot. It's because, you know, black, black equals night, black equals darkness. Uh, you know, gunslinger equals, you know, violence and you know precision shooting so it's interesting that even the protagonist is just identified by his you know weapons of destruction so neither of them are technically good even from the start are we sure this guy's even the protagonist i don't know Ooh. we shall okay. see i think that word is also uh sometimes misused but it's it's like me trying to make everything the hero's journey, and it's. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> I I always want to make everything the hero's journey, but it's not always 
Joseph Campbell, mm. you know. <laughs> but maybe this is just more of a slow build, a slow burn hero's journey. Totally. Maybe we're just we're spending a lot of time in, you know, the first stage of who the gunslinger is, and then you know, trials and tribulations that occur later on are going to be maybe, you know, mm-hmm. just finding and tracking down the man in black is the first of them. So it, it'll all be revealed, yeah. And it'll I'm, all be revealed. I'm, I'm just pontificating and I'm just starting to read this. And this is the shortest of the seven volumes, right? Correct. The I think seven this Dark is Towers? True. This is the only one that in paperback is, I would say, less than an inch thick. Yeah, it's it's... it's I was surprised how skinny it was. Yeah. It's oh, Kevin! One. I went and to this bookstore. It was great. It who? was it was like an old used bookstore. Where? And we found it. This is in uh, Linwood, uh, just north of Seattle, and uh, nice. it's called Half Price Books. And we just went there, and I was like, I gotta find, because uh, <laughs> uh, I already have two and three from my friend Darren lent me those. But he's like, I don't know nice. what I did with number one. I, Obviously, he lent to someone else who never gave it back. <laughs> but so I, f- I found the Stephen King's. Well, it took me a second to find the right section, you know. Um, mm. Stephen King was right next to Dean Koontz in, in the uh, horror thriller section. Like, I don't. Yeah. I, I wasn't I sure where. It, I, it was actually right next to the sci fi selection as well but anyway because they have some overlap with both authors right right um so anyway i i find the dark tower and there's a couple different things so i'm just flipping open to the first page and i'm looking for the word parsecs nice <laughs> i was like if parsecs is written there this that means that's the original but if it that is instead an easy said, indicator to look for <laughs> if it instead said uh, uh the the abyss or the distance. Uh, I forget the, the change words, but um, huh. Hang on. or eat at I, Joe's. Right here. Eat at Joe's was like a couple. Eternity pages. was the word. Eternity. That's right. <laughs> eat at Joe's. I think is my favorite of the removals. <laughs> Take a powder. Eat at Joe's. Uh, Phrases that he thought would last throughout all of time. Well, you, you ever think about that with us? And you know, we, we often exactly. say there things so that many- were like. Perhaps this will last forever, and you're like, no, and then you cringe at it later in life. <laughs> cringe is a good is a good example. Just using cringe as a noun or yeah. as an adjective, I guess. Yes. That's the thing that's popular now. That maybe people in forty so years cringe. will be like, what? It's cringe <laughs> that you're using the word cringe. Oh. Exactly, it's meta. <laughs> but which is another thing that you know we use a lot. Meta, the idea of the multiverse. Uh, what else? Uh, Tons of abbreviations that we use from like instant messenger days. Oh, yeah, LOL. Totally. ROFL. Any, yeah, ROTFL. Hmm. Have you ever actually rolled on the floor laughing? Sometimes. I have, maybe as a child, I don't know. Like, mm. I could imagine yeah. four, three or four year old Kevin rolling on the floor laughing. Well, the problem is you got to get up from the floor, and we're old. We're getting older these days, so precisely. Like, like I think to myself, I, 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 I am in my mid thirties. <laughs> you are in your early forties. Forty-two. That's the the, mm. the answer to life and everything, right? 
Nice. That's another... 36. Six Doug, squared. Douglas Adams. Yeah, six squared. Hmm. Six, yeah. And I am the sixth of the eighth of our eight, the eight children. That is true. Well, so wait, which Dark Tower book came out in 86? Was there one? 1980... Hang on. It was either 85 or 87. Let me just double check. It's, it's weird how it lines uh, up with our family. <laughs> yes, it does. Or is it weird that we notice things that don't really line up? But anyway. <laughs> the search for uh, meaning and coincidence uh, entraps us all. But <laughs> this one was, this one was for uh, the second Dark Tower book was published one year to the month uh, after I was born. There you go. So May of nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I told you exactly. This this whole Dark Tower thing just lines up with the Ackerman story. I mean, also, there's at least one Stephen King book almost every year <laughs> from true. 1979 <laughs> until about 1999. Would you say the search for meaning and coincidence? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you made me snort. That that nice. I, I hope the uh, audio picks that up. <laughs> that is the sign of a good joke and the <laughs> sign of a person laughing unabashedly that's and that's where i always want to get to <laughs> get to the snort level yeah exactly <laughs> always want to get to the snort okay uh so anyway screw so. you and the horse you rode in on or have i gone too far no we can keep, we can go to that um you know zoltan we've established now is speaking and uh where did it go Okay, so brown is brown, but Zoltan's a raven, brown brown. and that is a Zoltan black is raven. bird. Correct. Just something I was thinking about. I didn't want to go too soon, but I got some conjectures that this is just the man in black. Ooh. But I, I, I don't think I don't think that's true at all. Who knows? But perhaps there's shape shifting. I would, I would really like it if that were true. Shape shifting involved? Or I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and we don't know. Yeah, we don't know anything. But Brown is teaching. He he's teaching Zoltan the Lord's Prayer, right? Correct. Was trying tried to. Tried to teach him. Tried to teach him the Lord's Prayer, but I guess this just ain't get the Lord's Prayer country. That is a badass fucking line. Hell yeah. Uh, I, th I think he says something later that's part of the Lord's Prayer. And so, all right, another religious thing. And I didn't think this was going to be so religious, but I guess that's it what is. we're working with here. That's fine. <laughs> so, so, Kevin, do you know the the Our Father, the whole thing? You uh, could probably you could right. probably still do it, right? Let's see. Our that, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses mm -hmm. as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. Um, Amen. For, for thine is the kingdom, ah. the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Oh, well done. The extended edition. They did add the, <laughs> so that's another example of an extended edition and why the Bible is just as much fiction as this book we're reading because, <laughs> Right. Hey, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to come down on either side. Nope. I am fully and completely uh, self-identify as agnostic. I am, you know, 
nobody knows all the answers, so it's always best to keep asking questions. Well, I, I guess by saying you're agnostic, you just define yourself as something, so that makes you not agnostic. <laughs> Ooh. Can I be, you know, decidedly undecided? There you is go. the question. Yeah. I'm on the fence, firmly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a tightrope walker. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, Neither in one place to me, another, to me, I don't really, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't really need to define whether I'm faithful or whatever. Because like, I think most of those people who talk about um, church and faith at that level are usually <laughs> not that great of people. But I don't know. I might be going too far, and we might need to just cut this. Um, These are the exact questions that this book is bringing up, uh, so this is entirely appropriate. Oh, okay. It's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's something I think about all the time, because th this is why I like church, Kevin. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the thing I did like about church was um, the gathering together of people and having a community, right? Right. And, w and we had a church, the community of God's love. My, our, our parents made it. It was awesome. It still is. It's, it's still a thing. Still is um, a thing. 50 years now? Not many new members, but, you know. Yeah, well, everybody, everybody's getting a little older. People still go. True. <laughs> but Kids are, aren't going to Mass anymore. Yeah, people just don't go to Mass anymore, and that's fine. I don't. Do you go to church every week? I do not. I do not. Yeah, exactly. Um, but do I have some of those ideals in my daily life? Absolutely. Like, I like to be a kind person and live by good morals. Don't you? I do. Totally. Uh, screw you! Screw you and the horse you rode in on! The gunslinger nodded amiably. What does that word mean to you? Amiably. Friendly in a unconcerned kind of way. Just not caring. He's like, I, I would be concerned if a bird started talking to me. I don't know if I would be amiable I, at that moment. I think I'd be more the, gunslinger, the fuck. <laughs> exactly, which is a sign that the gunslinger has seen it all and he has done it all, and a talking bird is no news to him. It's so, so he's he's seen he talking worldly, birds before. Exactly, he is a worldly guy. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say something about the the name Zoltan. Zoltan, okay. Um, my friend, my other friend, Kevin, <laughs> you know him. Nice. Kevin McCann. I do. Uh, we went to school together, and he always said jokingly that he was going to have two children and name them Zoltan and Mantis. Hmm. He has two daughters now. They're named Kira and Emerson. <laughs> but Sorry. I always remember him saying that, and I was like, where the hell did you get the name Zoltan from? And and then I read this in this book. I'm like, is this where he read this? Okay. Or is this a name in... I should have done some more research. I don't know. You got anything the on the Zoltan name Zoltan? Is from anything for me? else? Okay. Well, I Let's think Zoltan is probably a name that is, and I'm going to just conjecture here for a minute, of uh, like Iranian, like Middle Eastern descent. Zoltan. Wasn't there a name of a symbol for 
Drums? No, it's Zildjian. That's different. Zildjian is, yeah, that's yeah. the percussion company. Mm -hmm. But so far I've got Zildjian. Zoltan is a Hungarian masculine given name. Just a first name in Hungarian. Hungary. <sighs> that's Zoltan. There you go. I, I, was, I was a little bit off. So Hungary, not Iraq. I don't know why I thought Iranian. Hungarian. So, here we go. <laughs> beans, beans, the musical fruit. The raven recited inspired. The more you eat, the more you toot. <laughs> now, is that something that's going to be apocryphal? Or not uh, anachronistic after a while? Or, like, do people still say that? That's the question. You know, it's a phrase that exists within our world. <laughs> and... We both know of it, so it must have been written by someone. So someone must have said it first. Apparently, the gunslinger is has access to the in their world. That's a phrase too. Who knows? Well, he then but, says, "You teach him that. That's all he wants to learn, I guess." So I guess the brown did teach him that. So <laughs> try, and then, then, and then he then says, again, try, like "Try to teach him the Lord's prayer once." <laughs> hmm. this just ain't lord's prayer country mm -hmm. a line so nice we say it twice so yeah we my bad going to i, I went no, back no, 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 no problem <laughs> hey we gotta i just wanted i exactly wanted the introduction of zoltan because he's awesome and i have awesome. a feeling he's gonna be a character like like c-3po who just like shows up and he's gonna be here throughout the whole thing <laughs> we'll see we shall see so. well hopefully well i mean he's on the cover of the book so, or there is no, a black the raven. That's the gunslinger. Oh, Zoltan. Oh, do you it's see? It's going to be a character. Oh, I'm, Zoltan, you're talking I'm right about. now holding this up. It's got the gunslinger with a big black okay, what raven. what is the publisher on the side? What's <laughs> what? the publisher on the side of the book? Uh, this one is uh, Penguin, I think. Uh, Penguin, and it's an illustrated edition? It is an illustrated edition. Who is the uh, illustrator? Oh, jeez. See, these are things I don't normally look up. Hey, credit where credit's due. Oh, yeah. No, I hear that. Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. Is it Penguin? Wait. No, no, I'm reading this wrong. Oh, man, I need... Kevin, I might have to get glasses. Yeah, it happens to us all. Well, I'm also sitting in a dark garage right now. With a baseball cap on. Wait, maybe that'll help if I take that off. All right, here at this point, I want to take a moment and just apologize to you, the listener, for what you are about to have to hear, because uh, I forget if we mentioned it or not, but right now we are recording after 2 a.m. Kevin's time, and we took a little break because Nick was uh, had to double check the binding of the his copy of the book and we decided to pause for a moment and kevin ackerman forgot to unpause so from here on we're just going to be hearing nick's audio and i tried to boost my side as much as i could it's not pretty but it is what it is i tried uh, adring the audio to try and like re-record my own thing but Oh, it took forever, and we've still got another good portion of the episode to go, solid three quarters. So I'm just going to let it go as it is, because 
It's been some time since we recorded this, and I was trying to be a perfectionist about it and re-record the whole thing, but I decided rather than stall any longer, it's time to let episode two be what it is, and here you go. I apologize once more. It's a plume book. Yes. <laughs> plume, and it's illustrated by Michael Whelan. Nice. Yeah, W-H-E-L-A-N. Yes, I have got a light, uh, secret uh, paperback from, it claims to be 82, but I feel like it's got to be the 90s, because in the 90s, every Stephen King adaptation that was ever and very impressionistic uh, stuff of what the, I guess, Dark Tower looks like, but hmm. it's just sort of zigzaggy. Well, this one, it's in the distance. I don't know if you could see it. It's like sort of shadowy in the distance of what the Dark Tower is because clearly the series is called The Dark Tower. There must be some sort of dark tower that we're searching for in this book. <laughs> or maybe not in this book, in this series of books. Who knows? He's got to go past a massive desert first. The dark tower is a metaphor. Maybe it's literal. Maybe he's a little man who is following a metaphor. Who knows? This one says copyright 1982. So, uh. As does mine. It's the, uh, the year of Teresa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyway, uh, yeah, Brown. And Zoltan. Brown dug a well. And I suppose, you know, a man who lives on his own in the edge of the desert has the time to do nothing but dig out a well, particularly when that well is going to be his salvation, I suppose. So how long does a well take to dig? Well, it all depends on uh, where you're digging it, right? If you're in desert... <laughs> The water table may be non-existent. You could dig and dig and dig. There's no water underneath the ground. It's true. It, and then there's some places where the water's like Poland Spring, what it means to be from Maine, man. The, the spring is <laughs> coming right out of the ground. And Stephen... Going directly to Stephen King's house, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> but you could easily dig a well in Maine. Much easier than if you're in Arizona or Mexico or something, you know, like like the Navajo or the Sahara or something. If you're in Sudan, it would be pretty difficult to dig a well. There's a tree. Uh, I think it's called the acacia tree. So you know how cactus is really awesome and they can survive in the desert because they have a root system that goes like wide and shallow. So... Acacia trees are the opposite. They just have really deep roots and they can go super deep and find um, water, even in places like Sudan or, or Kenya. And, um, I'm sorry, I, I might be over generalizing here, but I, I'm talking about very dry air, Ethiopia and, and places like that. Um, but like a super. So. To go back to your question of, of how long it would take to create a well in the desert, well, <laughs> it matters. It depends. Well, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> Have you ever dug a well, Kevin? 
I have not dug well either. I have dug until I've gotten to water though, in many places, and the closer you are to a river source or water source, then the less deep you have to make your well. Anywho, this took a long time, is what we're saying. <laughs> sure. Seeing that the Keister trees are in both Australasian lineage. Oh, also, so Australia. I was an, another barren. Very true. Australia, New Guinea, Indonesia are not related to the smaller group of African lineage. So it's not African, so it's Australian. Okay. But is was I right about the. An, there is also an African. Oh, okay. Was I right about the deep roots, though? That's all I really was wondering. I, I knew I probably got the countries wrong, but... <clears throat> These sturdy roots reach deep up for underground water, which explains why the trees tolerate extreme drought conditions. Many types of acacia are protected by long, long sharp thorns and an extremely unpleasant flavor that discourages animals from eating the leaves and bark. So, yes, they do have deep, uh, deep roots that reach for underground water. You are correct. Yeah. Uh, and the root and the the thorns are pretty wild. If you've ever seen them, they're like like two inches long, like insane. <laughs> True. So, bushes and trees Well, the thing is, um, there's uh, there's an directly outside the Rutherford Library. Oh yeah. Well, there's an evolutionary reason, you know, you want to protect yourself if you're living in a harsh environment, especially because it, if animals are going to come by and eat you, if you're in a harsh environment, you're the only game in town. So you have to be really tough, you know, but if you're living in like, you know, a, a more lush rainforest where there's plenty of different plants and biodiversity, um, that's when you can, and when I say you can, uh, that's when genetics allowed your species to evolve in such a way where <laughs> you have beautiful colors and like soft textures and things like that. But when you're in the desert, you being whatever genetic plant I'm talking about, um, you gotta be rough and tough, you know, exactly. just like Brown and Zoltan here and the gunslinger. But when you think about it, Brown is cultivating a food crop. Corn. Corn. Exactly. Okay. So corn is a great example of, um, oh, what's his name? I think his name was, um, <laughs> damn it. Uh, the Green Revolution in Mexico was about... Um, growing different crops because there was a massive drought down there. His name was uh, Goods of Borglum. No, no, that's the guy who did the Mount Rushmore, but it's, it's a similar name to that. It's uh, uh, Anywho, this guy was all about um, planting corn in Mexico, and it pretty much saved a lot of uh, famine at the time. And they were able to grow it in the desert. They're down there in Mojave. Norman. Norman something. Norman Borglum. Norgan. 
Help me out, Kev. Hold on. Looking up the article right now. Revolution in Mexico. I'm seeing 1940 to 1945. Not seeing who, though. Norman Borlaug. I was close. Borlaug. Yeah. Norman Borlaug. Okay. All right. So just to to swing back to the gunslinger real quick. Gunslinger. (laughs) So how long since he passed by? So... Brown has seen the man in black. Or was he asking about the bean man? Oh, the bean man's been twice since the man in black passed. Six weeks. And then he said that's probably wrong because time's passed is different. Hmm. Passes differently here. More you eat, the more you toot. After the other one, yes, yes. The inevitable question formed in his mouth. How long since he passed by? The time's funny over here. One, two weeks, less than two months. And... Correct. Uh, Alright. So... Basically... (laughs) Established a very parallel relationship between the gunslinger and the man in black. The gunslinger is just doing the same things that the man in black did a few steps behind, but he's getting closer with every passing day. So he is very stolidly walking forward and uh, just all he's doing is following as the Stolidly is a good word for what's going on here. Because I I think he says at one point he was going for like 16, 18 hours a day, just walking straight. Does he say that in this section? Yes, you only need about four hours when you're, uh, what is it, level five of the Kef. uh, Oh, he says Kef again? See, sometimes I'm getting confused between the old version and the new version. Um, no, level five of the calf is, is in the original. Oh. It is interesting that he added so much more vocabulary. He added much more vocabulary on the second edition. There are some words that are in there that from the very beginning. From the very beginning, yeah. Oh. <laughs> word I don't know. But yeah, so is in there. That's brand new to uh, brown and, and tahine. So yeah, you said that one too. True. Yet he liked brown, and so he pushed the thought out of his mind and got the rest of his water. So that that was my first inkling of uh, is this guy bad? <laughs> because he, well, he he was thinking to himself while he was getting the water from the well that like maybe this guy's gonna knock my head in with a rock and kill me. Or maybe I should learn to trust somebody. So, I don't know if the gunslinger trusts anybody. He he said he his his last friend died the one he got the horn from, which he lost. Okay, so, so it is a little bit confusing going back and forth uh, between the two versions, but I like that we're trying to. <laughs> so, in the new version, he you know tried to change the Lord's prayer. And oh, there's another introduction that they had was uh, the town of Tull. 
no, 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 no. We'll pull, we haven't got to tell you. Yeah, but that, that'll happen. He said, long days and pleasant nights, stranger, after life for your crap, life for your own. Hmm. So, long days and pleasant nights is another... Oh, change? Introduction between people. It's change, yes, as well. Long days and pleasant nights, and may you have twice the number. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, I'm going to start saying that to you, Kev. Long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. <laughs> there you go. Hopeful and reciprocal. Yeah. Anything with a response, you know. We're, we're all about call and response. <laughs> See you later, alligator. <laughs> After a while, crocodile. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, also, so in the new version, Brown says... Man brings them once in a while. He doesn't stay long. Ooh, actually, does he say Papa Doc in the... Oh, he doesn't? Version? I don't think he does. Oh, okay. Interesting. No, he he definitely does, because on the, on the Audible, it, he said Papa Doc. And I kept thinking about, uh, you know, the Eminem movie? There's, his rival rapper was named Papa Doc. <laughs> exactly. The movie was Eight Mile. Eight Mile, yeah. <laughs> and Marshall Mathers' uh, rap persona Eminem's character was known as Beat Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Oh, some something I did want to mention, um, because in, in his forward, he, he was talking about how he liked Tolkien, and that's when I stopped reading that forward. I was like, oh, gosh. This is meant for somebody who's read this already. I'm going to stop reading this. But, but exactly. He, That's something <laughs> that I hate when the authors do for introductions of later versions of older books that they sometimes they give spoilers in the DVD menu. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, the Phantom Menace having a song called uh, Qui-Gon's Na- Noble End. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the soundtrack. It's like, oh, I guess that guy dies. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> but anyway, um, but the, th- the thing I noticed was that he he liked Tolkien and he was kind of one of his inspirations. And one thing I've noticed in Stephen King's writings so far, it doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while you get a little taste of alliteration. And I think that's his kind of his little nod to Tolkien. Because Tolkien was all about the alliteration of just like short things like he he steps smoothly or something like like just like two words that are the same letter or something. You'll see it as, as you. Bongo, bongo, drongo, like all of the dwarves and the hobbits, they've got such, uh, their names are so glowing <laughs> and rhyming. Yeah. Silly well, just, that's more assonance than uh, when, when I'm talking about alliteration means like as they're describing and it's usually happening um, either in descriptive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just saying the same letter. Um, and it happens a lot in action um, or just descriptive scenes of 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 um, uh, landscape or something. It's like. I don't know. Maybe you'll notice it more. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? <laughs> Was that Billy Joel? Girlfriend? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but it just may be a lunatic I'm looking for. 
So, in the new version, what we have is uh, don't have no but corn and beans. Corn's free, but you gotta kick something in for the beans. Man brings them once in a while. He doesn't stay long. Then he says, afraid of the spirits, afraid of the bird man. And then... Mm, the bird man. Without, without identifiers, we assume that since they're the only two people talking, the other person's the gunslinger. I saw him. The, the bird man. He fled me. Because, and it's fascinating, that he's also using the word fled. Uh, just like the man of black fled from mm-hmm. and the gunslinger flower. Uh, and then he says... Yar, he's lost his way. Claims, claims to be looking for a place called El Siento. Mm. Sometimes he calls it Blue Heaven or Haven. Can't make out much. Has Thee heard of it? The gunslinger shook his head. Well, we don't bite and we don't bite, so fuck it. Be alive or dead? Alive, the gunslinger said. You speak as the man do. I was with him a while, but that was no life for me. Too chummy on there. I was looking for holes in the world. Which is. That is that was true, the gunslinger reflected. The many folk were great travelers. So there's another idea we've got. They're looking for holes in the world and they're travelers. Hmm. So what do you think that means? Well, what I think that would mean holes in the world and travelers, uh we're talking about multiverses or something, or um just Well, it reminds me of, you know, the the Rainbow Bridge or whatever from Thor, you know, that type of traveling and uh, what the hell is that called? The the Bifrost, the Bifrost, that's what it's called. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, yeah, I, I th- so the Manny. M-A-N-N-I, is it? M-A-N-N-I. Okay, so they sound like the holy people. I don't know if that's the right word for it. Um, But the people that, like, other people follow, right? Is that what's going on? Could be. Could be. I don't want to say too much. Okay, okay. I'm just guessing at things. But but you're saying that the Manny, Manny are these travelers. They go through holes in the world. They go through holes in the world and they're great travelers. So it's an interesting idea as well that they're setting up this sort of idea, you know, traveling between holes in the world. So you're saying that it's some sort of a multiverse, sort of interdimensional whatever you want to call it. Yeah, who knows what they say. Well, they just said time works differently here. So differently than where? Ah. So yeah, he's in some sort of weird purgatorial area. That's the desert, you know. But but Brown found a well, so maybe he's a hole dweller. Maybe that's his hole, or no, that's not what you said. Hole dweller. What what was it called? Travelers who were looking for holes. Okay. Yeah. Well, a well is a big hole, right? <laughs> so that had been made for a long time, as we just established, because making a well would be difficult. <laughs> but also, as Brown just said, 
uh, he, he, with the menu for a while, but it was no life for him. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say that he he, he literally denied that immediately that he's and also he, he doesn't believe in what they believe in, right? Exactly. But then he said the water is a gift from God. So there you go. Maybe he just doesn't like the lifestyle, but he still uses the words and ideas of the Manny. So who knows? Maybe he is also digging holes between places where they have water. Yeah. Um, a lot of that... Again, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, just the gunslinger goes down into the well, and he you know, pulls some water out of the ground. Two skins and, worth... What are these skins made of? Uh, apparently they are bloated like sausages as he's holding them crossways across his uh, chest. So you think like stomachs? Or something from an animal? Could be an animal. I don't know. Well, yes, I totally agree that uh, Brown does have... Well, but maybe also... If he's saying I was with them a while, maybe he was the child of one of the many, and he was only with them in his youth, and then decided to go out and on his own and farm the edge of this desert with rows of corn, and he's doing it. <laughs> found some water. Good he, for good for Brown. He has he has so much corn that he tells him to go take a piss in the corn. <laughs> well, but I mean, honestly. Uh, there are, I think, nutrients in here, but mostly ammonia, which has got to be bad for you. Yeah, uh, mostly ammonia. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, nitrogen is good for the soil, but I, I don't think peeing on your crops is great for them. Yeah, I disagree. Well, maybe in a desert, maybe they can take all the liquid out of the pee and just use a and there's a lot of water in there too if he's going to pass water as they say exactly. <laughs> the ground uh, filters out all of the uh, problems and things uh, above here or whatever in the pee and just water is going down to the ground well, that was part of that whole Green Revolution. Um, George Washington Carver also was part of that, too. It, it just had a lot to do with uh, rotating crops, you know, and, like, realizing that certain crops are good, like peanuts and stuff, for nitrogenizing the soil. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, there you go. So there we go. We've got a few more additions just making the introduction of uh, Brown to the Gunslinger. Uh, the Gunslinger shook and gave his own name. So, Gunslinger very reticent to... I mean, he introduces himself to Brown, but he's not telling us his name, the reader. <laughs> yeah. So, gave his name, but we, we don't know yet. Although I do, because you told me last week. <laughs> I'm not going to say it until later. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I, I already forgot it. It's fine. I didn't really forget it, yeah. but anyway. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm always hoping for. Just say two times. Uh, it doesn't automatically bring it back to mind, but I guess it does. But, so. 
another uh, addition that we've got is yeah so that whole thing with the many in there was an addition I, I don't see that in my original not in the original um, a few pages later Zoltan guess this ain't Lord's Prayer Country you're a gunslinger is that right uh, he says yes and then Brown says thought your kind was gone then you see different don't you did he come from Midworld long ago the gunslinger agreed anything left there to this, the gunslinger made no reply, but his face suggested this was a topic better not pursue. Mm. So, apparently, he came from Mid Midworld. Inworld. Inworld, sorry. Inworld, yeah. Came from Inworld long ago. So, so huh. Okay. So, if he came from Inworld, we can assume that is where his friend died and lost the horn yeah yeah uh, so we, we are talking about different planets I believe I don't know or planes of existence I don't know we don't know in world, world. In world yes. yeah sorry what about the Lord's Prayer we've got the Lord's Prayer so that is a common thread between the two because later on Zoltan says lead us not into temptation and it's apropos of nothing but but very appropriate I, I have a feeling that yeah he doesn't say anything that's not necessary that's what I always found about good writers it's like they don't just accidentally add something in <laughs> you know it's, that's, that is one thing that I have to allow for after last episode. I may have had a lot of hate on the new version of The Gunslinger, but, you know, it is still... I do enjoy the little nuggets that Stephen King places along the way, adding, here's a tahine, a raven-headed guy. Here is reference to the in-world. Here is a... Hmm. Another addition, an additional reading aside from Life from Your Crown, Life from Your Own, he says, Long days and pleasant nights. So it's just a little, an, an extra layer on top of the cake, I guess you could say. And, and, and twice for your, what's the response? Long days and pleasant nights. And twice. Long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. And may you have twice the number. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I already forgot it. Damn it. Nick. <laughs> oh my goodness so they're on the fifth level of the kef at least the gunslinger is hmm well wait what well he just came down off a hill so did, did he just go down to the fourth level that that that's oh that's right how this whole thing starts is he comes down off a hill so correct <laughs> right And that's when he meets Brown. I don't know if they actually... Huh. And that's also when he said he had a donkey for some reason. I was like, donkeys and mules are different. <laughs> he had come down off the last of the foothills leading the donkey. That's how section two starts. Yes, correct. But maybe it's just a foothill. Depending on which version you're reading. But... <laughs> I'm debating whether or not to tell you something because it 
doesn't actually matter, but okay. <laughs> Wrong, I'll, Nick. I'll just tell you. <laughs> so he says when he says level of the calf, mm -hmm. apparently it is a level of discipline. Like oh. almost like saying he's a black belt. He's okay. A black belt. So fifth level of the calf. So we're I, we're not talking about topographical. That's always been my interpretation. Uh, is it the fifth level? So wow, now I'm even more confused. Okay, but a little more understanding. So it has nothing to do with height. <laughs> does not have anything to do with uh, elevation or anything. It does not. It is not. A, it is not a location that much. Kef is a term in high speech that is described as the water of life. One can progress through levels of Kef. During his journey across the Mohan Desert, the gunslinger is said to have reached the fifth level. So, yes. So, it's more like an enlightenment thing. It sounds like, uh, like Buddhism or something. Or... Exactly. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. So yeah, there we go. The uh, calf is a level of enlightenment, whatever, gunslinger, level five. Who knows what that means? He's a, <laughs> How many levels are there? Is he like level five of a hundred? <laughs> level five of six? That's pretty good. <laughs> level five of five. That's Let's awesome. Yeah. Is he just halfway? <laughs> oh. <laughs> When will then be now? No, that's a little more. <laughs> now, now. What you're watching now is happening now. <laughs> so, keep going. Uh, Gunslinger fills up uh, his water in the well. Uh, they have some dinner together. The water is a gift from God. Papa Doc brings the beans. Papa so, Doc brings the beans. And he's come twice since the Men in Black passed. Exactly. So Brown recognized the man in black. He did. Oh, did he? Oh, missed that. I don't know. He, he said he passed when the gunslinger asked. He, well, said, he said the other one. So just one person going by and then another person on a few weeks later or whatever. Uh, it's coming through. You know, you would definitely put some, you know, put two and two together that <laughs> two guys are one is chasing the other, I guess. Mm -hmm. Brown assumes right away, and Gunslinger says, yeah, basically. He's, he stayed supper, same as you, Will. I guess we passed the time. I guess. We passed the time. That's a different sentence. Um, Which is also very important. Then he also says he's a sorcerer, ain't he? Right? Am I looking at the same book as you? <laughs> uh, what section are we in? I'm on section two still. Three, I'm on two. two. When, when he's, he's he stayed supper same as you will. What you talk about? Not much. Never rain. He asked. Oh, did did it ever rain? And when? Did I come here and had I buried my wife? Oh, yeah. So, was she, he asked, Was she of the many folk? And I said, Yar. 
because it seems like he already knew. So there we go. His wife was a Hmm. And she died. And she died. There you go. More information about Brandon. Yeah. Um, he says, I did, I did most of the talking, and he's a sorcerer, too. And then the gunslinger says, I'll do other things. Yeah. I'm glad I went back to that. I'm glad I went back to that because. <laughs> that, that's a great interdiction, actually. Yeah. That's, that's an important thing right there. Well, the, the man in black is some sort of sorcerer. Um, does he, he says he's a sorcerer, ain't he? And he just replies, yes. Yes, he is. It's clear. <laughs> True. In the new version, Stephen King wants you to know, oh, yeah, he is actually dead. You, you, you need some evidence. So Brown says he dropped a rabbit out of his sleeve, all gutted and ready for the pot. Um, and then, so, you know, we've got evidence. Oh, okay. Black is doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, yeah, and then Gunslinger says, Sorcerer, he left. I'm just a man. So, definitely no laughter in the original version. He's just saying, I'm just a man. Yeah. I imagine a very Terminator tank delivery. Well, I'm imagining Clint Eastwood this whole time. Sorry. Or, or Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> just the original intention. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Definitely not Han Solo. Oh no. Uh, a little too too dour, too dour to be Han Solo. Han Solo is more exactly. charismatic. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Gunslinger is Boba Fett, one hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, just yeah. for the Mandalorian yes. now. <laughs> exactly. He is emotionless. He is completely patient and he is not there to brag about anything the gunslinger is just there to do the job that he can do perfectly and he knows it so yeah that is Boba freaking fast yeah <laughs> well, now that we've learned all about Boba Fett it's not as cool as he was once <laughs> he's still cool he's really he's a great bounty hunter everybody agrees on that no, no, I hear you. I'm just saying sometimes it's better to not know the entire story and just leave it up to like mystery. Like, who's this guy that just stands there and crosses his arms? He must be badass rather than like, oh, OK, let's find out all of his motivations. So, I mean, I guess you're going to do that with any story is <laughs> if you're going to have a character, it can't always just be I am the man in black. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll see. Very, very true. Uh, ambiguity. Ambiguity was the word we were talking about last week, right? When you're making a character out of a... from one franchise and taking a character that's in the movie, probably movies, probably a grand total of like 10 minutes, 15 tops. Mm-hmm. Oh, Empire Strikes Back? They don't even say his name. They don't. They just He's just the back. bounty hunter. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's get through three, four, and okay. We can do this. I mean, this is the thing. We always aim to go through multiple chapters, but we keep going on sidetracks. We have oh, that's fine. Three yet. <laughs> well, section three is very short. So yeah, section three is super, super short. I just wanted to mention. But yeah, there was something I wanted so to see. We've gone through. Uh, he's gone to the well. He's talked about the corn a bit. Papa Dom, yada yada. Um, 
Okay. So here we go. Uh, Gunslinger grunted with a laugh and sat down with his back against one rude wall, folded his arms and closed his eyes. After a little, the smell of roasting corn came to his nose and a heavily rattled. Heavily rattled as Brand dumped the paper of the dry beans in the front. And uh, an occasional tact. Oh, wait, yours is. Tack, tack. Yeah. Yeah, tack, tack, tack. His Zoltan walked restlessly on the roof. So it's got to be some sort of metal roof or something of some kind. I thought they said it was a sod, a sod building, but okay. No, no, no. I thought the he, the gunslinger had seen a bunch of sod buildings and then came around the hill and then there was uh, something with with a metal roof, I guess. Tack, tack, tack. Or is that just a, a pecking? I don't know. Yeah, because I always thought sod was like like grass, dirt, grass, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a big, just uh, a mound, like living in a hobbit hole, really. <laughs> exactly. So let's make it a tack tack sound. I don't know. See, I guess. Walk relentlessly on the roof. So yeah. Oh, that's where he says it. He was tired. He had been going sixteen and sometimes eighteen hours a day, between here and the horror that occurred in Tull. What? What? What is Tull? It's the last village, as he just says. <laughs> and, and it's been 12 days since he's been there. Horror. Hmm. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, and then there's just a tack, tack, tack in its own after the paragraph. Oh, no. Okay, here we got some more. Uh, the mule was at the end of its endurance, only living because it was a habit. Once he had known a boy named Shimei who had had a mule. Shimei was gone then. They were all gone. But there was the only the two of them. Two of the men. And the man in black. No, him and the man in black. Okay, so that's the, the two of them that he's speaking of. Him and the man in black. He had heard a rumor of other lands beyond this. Green lands in a place called Midworld. There's Midworld. Oh, okay. But it was, but it was hard to believe. Out here, green lands seemed like a child's fantasy. So hmm. there we go. We've got thus far Inworld, which is a place that the Gunslinger came from long ago, and then Midworld, which is somewhere ahead that he hasn't gotten to. Huh. And it's beyond this. He's only on the fifth level of the Kef. Or that's... He's only at Highway 5. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a Highway 5 over here. Route <laughs> 5? What is that? Interstate 5. It goes all the way up the West Coast. Anyway. So anyway, so somebody named Shimi would have a mule, a boy named Shimi. Uh, let's see if he's got a So just a name that Gunslinger's thrown out there. Shimi, somebody that he knew from long ago. So anyway, the two days were as many as six. Okay, hang on, wait. Okay, that's in the original. That, that's where it goes back to the original. Two weeks, Brown said, or as much as six. Didn't matter. There had been calendars. It's Papa Doc King Day. It's Papa Doc guy. I must stop by almost every, like, a few times a week. Yeah, right? Anyway. Seems like a barren wasteland for someone to come by that often. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I guess if the gunslinger saw a bunch of sod dwellings, then there's other people around. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, an old man dying of the weed, an old man of 35. <laughs> okay, so the. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. There was calendars tall, and they had remembered the man in black because of the old man he had healed on his way through. Just an old man dying of the weed. An old man at 35. Yeah, I don't know why I started that paragraph. So, the man in black is a healer. Is he necessarily bad? They sit, he sees, mentioned him as a sorcerer and a healer now in this section, so... Correct. Thus far, we have uh, this gunslinger guy. It sounds like he's... There's some sort of horror. Horror. So, let's find out what's going to happen. But also, it's telling us the life expectancy is pretty low at this point. If you're old man of 35, yeah. Exactly. There's very little food, apparently. Just people living on this. The desert would be hell. Expectancy be so short. There's just no doctors. So, Kevin, also, he, he says here at the end of the paragraph, and the desert would be hell. He also mentioned the word heaven before. And purgatory, so like all these things have been. <laughs> it's it's like in Star Wars when, when you get, I'll see you in hell. You're like, wait a minute, time out. So there's a hell going on here in this universe. Okay. <laughs> exactly. The Jedi have this conception of hell. Is it is it some sort of a Sith place? <laughs> is it necessarily bad? I don't know. Maybe you like hell. It might be cool. <laughs> hell just uniform the one word that they have for what happens after you die. Who knows? Perhaps. Oh. Wow, wait. Right at the end of two. Lend me your wings, bird. I'll spread them and fly on the thermals. He slept. What? <laughs> Did he actually say that out loud? Did, the gunslinger's internal monologue is so such flowery language and who's so stern and tough on the outside. So it's in, internal monologue. Dichotomy. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my opinion of it anyway. So that's like his last thought before he went to bed was Don't you always have that those illogical thoughts of just <laughs> you know, your brain is going into pure stream of consciousness and it's not even based on external input anymore and you're just relaxing to the point where it's just gibberish nonsense and you're just like, Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> you're out. That's at least that happens to me. Yeah, totally. No, I, I hear you. That's that's cool. <laughs> sort of scrambling of the brain frequencies as it's, as it's going into the So our boy gets only five hours of sleep. That's still pretty one good. Oh. oh. In the new version, Huma gives him one hour. Oh, in the old version, it says Brown woke him up five hours later. <laughs> <laughs> that's harsh. Why is Stephen King making the poor gunslinger sleep so little? He's just less, just to make it that much worse. He's walking 16 to 20 hours a day. I guess that's how he's making up the time. Yeah, uh, I think. Like I said, night sleep, night sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so the mule died Brown was right if Brown was right he had closed a good deal of distance on the man of black since uh, since he went through Tommel so it doesn't really help but there you go gunslinger is keeping uh, mule passed on they have dinner together 
Leave it in the afterlife. Wait, yeah. Wait, wait. Let's 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 not skate past the mule passing on. The, okay. the mule was his, his companion for a while, and uh, it seems like Brown was a little upset. He says, "Brown's mule." I, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. The gunslinger was a little upset. He says, uh, <laughs> "After Brown says your mule is passed on, and then he says dinner's ready." And all the gunslinger says is, how? And Brown replies, and it's funny, uh, roasted and boiled, how else? You picky? And he's like, no, how, how did the mule die? <laughs> I'm not talking about the beans. <laughs> I'm talking about how did my companion, who has just come with me across the desert, die? And he was just like, he just laid over and died. He was an old mule. Um, and Zoltan ate the eyes. Zoltan et the eyes in the new version. Yeah, no, no, it says that in the old version too. Et, oh, it says et, et okay. the eyes. I, I assume that means eight. It does mean he ate the eyes, yeah. But I, 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 I was, I would actually, I thought that was a typo. <laughs> I thought that they just oh, let. No, that's, that, that's a perfect <laughs> thing. He et the, the eyes. eyes. Okay. I was like, ooh, did I find an error edition here or something? <laughs> But uh, a lot of the words, when there's a weird accent, it's actually just a artifact of the main accent that Stephen King is so, you know, familiar with, like, old people of Maine saying things like, he had whatnot. Hmm. Or at least I think so. You can't get that from here. I'll get that from there. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of Maine. <laughs> oh, no sunrise scheduled for today. <laughs> what is that from? It, it was from my life. You know, it was just at oh, Acadia nice. Park, and <laughs> I was, woke up super early because we wanted to see the sunrise. And and we asked this guy, you know, uh, where's the best place to see the sunrise? You know, this is the easternmost state. It's gonna be great. And he's like, oh, no sunrise scheduled for today. And it's just like how they talk in Maine because it was cloudy that day. Instead of him saying, it's overcast, you idiot. <laughs> You're not going to see the sunrise. <laughs> he said, no sunrise scheduled for today. <laughs> there you go. That's just the culture that Stephen King is living in. That sort of flowery language. No sunrise scheduled for today. <laughs> I like that. Just, it's cloudy. Yeah. Um, okay, so this section three is super quick, but they say some important things. They do. So, <laughs> as you mentioned, the gunslinger is feels, at the very least, mild affection for his mule that has now passed away. He wants to know how it died. Uh, and then, but then, after Zoltan at the eyes, he might have accepted. He might have expected it. All right, and. Turns to the point of bluntness, but on the inside, he's thinking, oh, I feel like when he says, oh, he might have expect expected it, say says that he didn't expect it. So the gunslinger is sort of taken by surprise by this news. So I feel like it, there's definitely an implied visceral reaction there, hmm. but it's very repressed, which is typical for the gunslinger. If that makes sense. No, no, that does. But, the, he, but anyway. Do you believe in an afterlife? Like, he's, 
he straight up says that the gunslinger asked him as brown dropped three years and brown just nodded i think this is it so the gunslinger is wondering about the afterlife brown's just brown's a uh man of the earth as you said before you know yeah I think this is it. And who knows? Maybe that's another of those holes in the world. Maybe that's holes between heaven and hell, and uh, life and death. And maybe wherever these many folk are going to or coming from, maybe they're going back and forth between people who have died and people or people who haven't been born yet. Or who knows? Yeah. Maybe these are levels of reincarnation or things like that. Uh, I, I had a bit of a, had a bit of an existential crisis reading this, <laughs> you know. Oh, not really a crisis. That's not the right word. But you know, just thinking about your own mortality and things like that. It's it always makes you a little bit, huh? You know, what's next? Why are we here? What came before me? What comes after this? So, I mean, and I guess that's what books are meant for. To, to get you to feel these feelings. Exactly. Think about these things. <laughs> Alright, so the, yeah, the beans... Where, yeah, that's what I always think. I was yeah. like, yeah, everyone was talking about the after. What, what was the before? <laughs> Alright, so the beans, the beans were no good and the corn was tough. Yeah, beans were like bullets. He ate quickly, ravenously. You know, he is definitely a purpose-driven eater. He is not a savior, so he is just going to take the nutrients wherever he can get them. He he reminds me more of like I don't know, like freaking James Bond or something, or like some sort of. Uh, I like that. Um, maybe James Bond isn't right because he makes too many attachments. I feel like. The gunslinger is is a person on his own. He is a lone person who who does everything for a purpose and then moves on. Did you just say that that word? But like, I don't know. I don't know. I like it. Well, I'm sure you've met people like that in your life who are like, I am going to eat lunch right now, and I'm going to sit down and eat my lunch, and, and like, they're. You could come by and be like, hey, what's up? And they're like, this is out of the ordinary. I'm not used to talking to somebody while I'm eating my lunch, you know? Um, I mean, I worked with kids with autism for a long time, and, and that's... <laughs> that's The gunslinger kind of feels like that a little bit. He's like, this is what I'm doing. I'm chasing the man in black. I'm fixated on this thing, and that is what I have to do, and I will not be stopped. <laughs> I like that interpretation. Maybe the gunslinger is on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. The autism spectrum. Yeah, could be. We'll see. Okay. He is, and that's the thing. He is incredibly careful about preserving his guns and oiling them correctly. And he has this exact pattern of movements that he does. The, you know, eventually we will see. Um, Okay, I won't say anything else. <laughs> but let's just say that the gunslinger is obsessive about his guns, and he is. Oh, I like this. <laughs> the gunslinger is. Ooh, okay. 
he does have a, a bit of OCD, which is obvious, you know. So, and and that's one of the indicators. But we're all different, and it's a spectrum, as we know. But I think I think we I think we both are on the spectrum, my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, oh, this is when he says, okay, um, after dinner, the gunslinger offered his tobacco, which all great conversations happen when you're just sitting around smoking. But then he says, now, now the questions will come. And I read that and I'm like, ooh, what does that mean? (laughs) Ooh, and here is actually where a few more lines have been added. So Zoltan's flying around as they're eating and Zoltan goes, musical fruit. And then Gunslinger looks up and says, you ever think about eating him? Uh, the dweller laughed. Animals that talk be tough, he said. Birds, billy bumblers, human beings, they be toughy. Yes, okay, I, I remember hearing that. I, and yeah, that, that is a change. But I remember hearing that in the Audible. And I was like, and I meant to ask you, what the hell are billy bumblers? What? animal that can talk okay so this is this is another thing i wanted to say to you um have you ever had a bird a pet bird didn't we have one for a while in the early 90s maybe i don't really remember is there just a bird that no remember there was a bird that was in the wall <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it was that, we that, a two-family house. Yeah, that did, that didn't count. It's <laughs> not a pet bird. That's a bird that got stuck in our uh, attic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's just ways that birds can get into. It was probably cold out, so want to just be warm. No, 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 I'm talking about like a pet bird that actually speaks. I've never had one except from when I was working at the Liberty Science Center. And we had this uh, macaw. His name was Mickey. And uh, he could, like, talk-ish. But I didn't trust that guy. And I kind of hear what Brown is saying. Like... <laughs> you always got to watch your mouth around a bird that can talk. Well, it will repeat things. Yeah. Also, also, birds are very strong. We used to do this thing... Um, <clears throat> where we just give him like a, a walnut and he just crush it in his fingers his talons you know yeah Extreme, incredibly strong you know what a macaw is it looks like a, it's like reddish and uh, tropical um, it's not a parrot not a cockatoo it's a macaw but like like that oh, same like same type of bird a little bit bigger it's than the other two um, it's a claw what are we talking about Oh, it, it was about uh, a foot and a half tall. Maybe two feet. He was a big boy. And uh, he was the same age as me. That was His name was Mickey, and I'm Nick. Nicky, you know, whatever. Um, and But he was born. And they got him from this woman because they lived for very long, you know. So the woman passed away. But, the, you know, the macaw was still alive. And. Well, they brought it to the Liberty Science Center and it only trusted women, didn't like me at all. I would walk into that room and you go, ha, 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 this, um, I'm sure the levels peaked on that one, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but loved all girls. Anyway, the point is, I didn't trust him. <laughs> Did you have to like put him on your shoulder? Or? No, he wouldn't really let me go close to him. Like he was cool with me after a while, but he would also like peck at me, and he could easily break a bone with his beak or talons. So, anyway, oh, okay. I assumed that you were doing. I assumed that you were like you know leading some sort of teaching class. So. I, I I did plenty of those classes, but right, yeah. other pe- other of my colleagues usually worked with Mickey individually. There you go. I was just grabbing snakes or whatever other reptiles I was taking for my program, but I just had to deal with Mickey being in the room and be like, "Hey, hey, man, we're cool." <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. Yeah. He was nice though. He was nice. But also, I was afraid of him. I wasn't afraid. Maybe that wasn't the word. But respectfully cautious. You know? Yes, exactly. So that's the way I feel about Zoltan here. He's He's got some power. You don't need them. Or Billy Bumblers, apparently, which are something that speaks. Self-eaten. Um, so, yeah, you're correct. Now, the gunslinger thoughts. Now, the questions will come. But... Rounded master. <laughs> it's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Gunslinger going like, ah, now am I going to tell my story? Uh, I got a story to tell. No, no, he wants me to smoke some more first and just chill. <laughs> All right, well, have you ever like sat around a fire and like wanted to, and you're like waiting for the right time to ask the, yes. um, well, not, not just around a fire, just around the table or just hanging out and be like, I have a question to ask you, but I'm going to wait for the appropriate time. Oh, around a fire, I feel like, is a very specific time of there is almost sort of a hypnotic effect that I feel like flames have that they encourage people to communicate in ways that they don't normally do in their mundane normal lives they're around a fire people are i feel almost as though there's this kinship that happens that is uniting one the group uh from from individuals uniting them together and there's a unspoken pressure or an unspoken sort of bond in telling stories over a fire. Yeah. I feel like I've, I've noticed. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's what they're doing right now. They're that he thinks the questions are gonna happen because they're sitting around a fire smoking. Indeed. And another added line that's just adding more proper nouns, we've got he smoked tobacco that had been grown in garlic years before and looked at the dying embers of the fire. So there's another place, Garland. Garland, okay. Garland. Yeah, that's not in the original. G-A-R-L-A-N-D? G-A-R, well, no D. Garland, I got you. Garland. Garland. Like Jeff Garland. Yeah, there you go. L-A-N, or Jeff Garland, L-I-N. I don't know. Is that the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? Oh, that is that's L I N. Anyway, moving right along. So there we go. Gunslinger is thinking. Now there's going to be questions. No questions come, and then out of nowhere, lead us not into temptation. Zoltan says suddenly, mm. apocalyptically. Ooh. 
That is an added line. Okay. Man. Is that added or is that... I thought that was in the original. Nope. Nope. That is in the original. My bad. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's really correct. Mm-hmm. Lead us not into temptations. Zoltan said suddenly, so apocalyptically. Uh, the Lord's Prayer. So that was something I said about the first section. I, I felt like this seemed post-apocalyptic because it was like they're the only people left and there's been some sort of disaster or, well, a horror, as we were just told. <laughs> exactly. A horror is crude and tall. So that's what you think was the, uh, the apocalypse that, you know, something happened in Tull really recently? Or, eh, I don't know. I feel like it was some sort of... Well, the only other Stephen King book I've read is The Stand. So I, I keep thinking of that a little bit um, just for just for the same themes um, as far as, you know, post-apocalypse, some sort of disease has happened. Um, because it seems like there's a famine of sorts, or at least in this part of the desert that he's in. Or it could not mean that at all. What? Fair assumption to make with uh, the way that the gunslinger is able to appreciate whatever food that this brown guy has. And even though the, what did he say, the corn was burnt and the <laughs> corn was tough. Yeah, totally. the beans were like bullets, but he didn't care. Yeah, it was just sort of chewing and gnawing his way through. I guess he's got enough water. Well, he's just thirsty too. He he ate the man in black's uh, dried bacon and didn't care. Yeah, he I, th I believe he ate it thoughtfully. <laughs> Which I wonder if that's a little bit of kind of demeaning on the man in black's part of just being like, I'm going to burn this piece of food and I'm going to leave it behind because I know this son of a bitch behind me is going to eat it. I think that's exactly what's going on, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's sort of the chaotic evil uh, if we want to throw some words around the man in black, which I feel like, considering just the very adjective of fled, I feel like Believing is a very chaotic verb to me. Totally. Well, it, it means I have done something wrong and I need to get away from here as fast as I can. Or uh, maybe not done something wrong. Maybe this other person, because we're not sure about the motivations of the gunslinger here yet. And what we know is the gunslinger is a violent man. He's got guns. <laughs> You're going to do something with it. So here's my thing with the guns. I, I have something I just want to ask real quick. Um, okay. and, and this is always my question in every movie where there's guns involved is uh, ammunition. <laughs> You're going to come to a point, like if you have six shooter, you need to reload your six shooter. Like, are, are is, is that what the mule was for? Is just carrying bullets and bullets and bullets? <laughs> right? I mean, what? Are you... I mean, no wonder this poor mule keeled over. God, that's a that's a very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know if I'm putting up uh, pack animals from fiction. Um, 
this mule a doesn't have a name i wish it, i'm just gonna call him the mule from the gunslinger but uh bill the pony from lord of the rings also carried some stuff through some pretty scary places uh artax from uh uh what's that uh, the never ending story was that a mule or was that a horse it was a horse not really a pack animal but was, was still valiant was riding horse okay okay I don't know. You got, you, you got anything else to throw into the good pack animals from fiction? This sounds like a trivia round. I love it. If we're going wide, I gotta go Pegasus because nothing beats a flying horse. Okay, you're talking about um, uh, what's that movie? Uh, or you're just talking about Greek mythology in general? We can say Greek mythology, but the one in my head, honestly, was Disney's Hercules. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I was thinking uh, the one with, um, oh my gosh, was, uh, damn, I can't think of the name of it. There was that weird owl that was like a robotic clock in the 80s. Um, yes, and they, they, they rebooted it too. Uh, Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Yes. Starring Perseus. Yes, but that that had um, Pegasus in it as well. Solid, solid horse. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe a Thestral from Harry Potter, but Thestrals from Harry Potter. Now we're going into flying. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm talking. I'm talking about things that'll like carry stuff along the way and just. True, they do say that Thestros can carry great burdens. So there you go. Oh, yeah. so, well, phoenixes were the ones that could carry uh, he- heavy loads. <laughs> and and their their tears have healing powers. Thestros are just have incredibly good sense of direction. Oh, but the crazy thing about the Thestros is that you can't see them if you haven't seen death. But Correct. they were riding them, so you're riding something that's invisible. Imagine no, that. No, they were. <laughs> they, they thought that the uh, stagecoaches were didn't have any horses. Right, right. No, no. I'm talking about towards the end of Order of the Phoenix. They, the they, they, the they, Phoenix, they yes. take thestrals and and some of them can't see what they're flying on. Yeah, Ron and Hermione are just sort of floating in midair on this thing. Yeah, that would be crazy. Just imagine what's the texture of a thestral like. Oh, very leathery. Hard like an insect or something. Well, it's like bony and just leather. Yeah, probably smells a little. Like like a bat, like a bat. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay, or like a like a sphinx cat. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> anyway, we've gone off. Uh, yeah. So this this mule has passed. Poor mule. R.I.P. R.I.P. Mule. So. And then also, interestingly, the gunslinger loses his animal friend, and the brown is just sort of like, meh, he died, who cares? Uh, so instantly, the gunslinger says back to him, did you ever think about eating Zoltan over there? Hmm. So he, it's almost sort of a back and forth that's a little bit, uh, a little bit confrontational, I guess. Okay, say. yeah. He's like, all right, so you don't care about my mule? What if I eat your, your raven? Uh, you probably shouldn't do that. They're tough. <laughs> but then again, it's interesting that it's not played like an emotional interaction. It's played just sort of like a, um, a board. 
Uh, this food is garbage. Do you ever think of eating that to the crew with the better food? <laughs> like, I feel like that's the implication. Well, so this whole interaction reminds me of um, you know the beginning of Inglorious Bastards when, yes. um, when go ahead I, I forget his name um, uh, let's see. Um, what the hell's his name Hans Landa yeah the Jew hunter who uh, has an interview with this milk Waltz farmer. Christoph Waltz is that the actor Christoph act? Waltz is the actor yeah 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 and, but but they're talking to each other over the table, and it's just a very tense discussion. And you know the whole time, yeah. And that guy's got a bunch of Jews in his basement that he's hiding from this Nazi hunter. Dreyfus family, yeah. Yeah. So this interaction makes me feel like something is going on, and like <laughs> I don't know. It just seems very tense. Maybe not as tense as that, <laughs> but a little tense. But yeah, there's a confrontational back and forth going on here. But anyway, hmm. they're both sort of. I feel like there's also an unspoken sort of power dynamic that yeah, who is armed to the teeth walks up to your farm. You just say, "Hey, you want some food?" <laughs> I feel like it's not just neighborly. Uh, kindness. I feel like there has to be some element of unspoken threats of the gunslinger here. What's what's the first line he says? Life for your crop, and he says life for your own. Yeah. So the, I guess there you go. That the, the gunslinger is being respectful, but I don't know how to put it. But but trying to to take the upper hand a little bit, just trying to like. <laughs> and and brown won't let him brown's like i got the corn here i got the food what, what are you gonna do you gonna kill me go ahead do you yeah. believe in the afterlife we'll see <laughs> there is a little bit of uh a confrontation there you know in a few pages um when okay here we go um Here's another added line where basically Brown is kind of, they talk about talking for a little bit, and then uh, Brown finally says, have you decided if I'm an enchantment yet? Because mm. he said, the man in black has already gone by, so have you asked, have you decided if I'm an enchantment yet? Brown has to used gunslinger paused to the tiny landing and startled. And then he sat down slowly and said, the thought crossed my mind. Are you? If I am, I don't know. So this hadn't been. This wasn't a terribly helpful answer. But the gunslinger decided to let it pass. I started to tell you about Tull. Is it growing? It's dead. The gunslinger said. I killed it. He thought of adding, and now I'm going to kill you if for no other reason that I don't have to sleep with one eye open. Hmm. But has he come to such behavior? If so, why bother to go on at all? Why, if he had become? what he pursued. Brown said, I don't want nothing from you, Gunslinger, except to still be here when you move on. I won't beg for my life, but that don't mean I don't want it yet a while longer. So, wow. there you go. That's, That's a lot of added stuff. Oh, yeah. This, I'm talking every single page. There is a change of at least a few words, at least a few words, and at most, sometimes full pages added to this new version. Oh, my gosh. 
because it adds this whole level of intimidation that you know the gunslinger is even just thinking i'm gonna and i'm just gonna kill you because i don't have to worry about having somebody come up behind me in the night and so the gunslinger is very paranoid here but he doesn't say this out loud but then brown immediately acts as though he did so i wonder if there is a little bit of Hmm. is it the gunslinger's body language or is brown actually reading the gunslinger's mind hmm interesting well he seems to know about tull right well he's been there no i'm saying brown Oh, I don't know. No, so is he reading the gunslinger's mind or just reading his... Well, that's what we're talking about with the upper hand in this confrontation of, of wills, this this back and forth of uh, um, words, you know, this battle of words. It was your god, it was your god that was poisoned. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, you fell victim to one of the classic blunders. <laughs> Oh, never go in. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Uh, So there we go. There is this sort of unspoken back and forth, this feeling of detente of look. I, you know, I come up across your farm. I have been starving in the desert, and would you be willing to give me some food? Gunslinger, as always, the words that he says are terse but polite, whereas he is carrying freaking two giant uh, guns with sandalwood grips on his waist mm-hmm. that are immediately stand out to Brown, where he says, You're a gunslinger, ain't you? And Gunslinger says to him, Obviously. So he's like, oh, I uh, didn't think there were any any of you left. So it, it, there are, Brown, Brown didn't know of gunslingers, and he has known that, but he also thinks that they're extinct. And so who knows if this gunslinger is the last one? Mm-hmm. So he, he certainly doesn't trust him. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, I'll give you some food, but you can get out of here. Exactly. He's like, uh, well, even he said that about the the man or the other one that came by. He said, "I gave him some food, and he left, just like I hope you will." <laughs> Which is, you know, not a lot to ask. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, oh, then <laughs> now the questions will come. Right? Have I gone too far? No, I think you're good. Um, no tell came through it uh, went back once to sell corn drank a glass of whiskey rains that year last maybe 15 minutes in the ground just seemed to open up and suck it up and an hour later it's just as white and dry as ever the corn you could hear it grow that wasn't so bad um Oh no, you could see it grow. That wasn't so bad, but you could hear it as if the rain had given it a mouth. It wasn't a happy sound. It seemed to be sobbing and groaning its way out of the earth. That extra sale took it and sold it. Bob uh, Doug said he'd do. 
but he would have cheated me, so I won't. But it's, it goes from this, like, intense, sighing, groaning sound of corn rolling through the earth and, you know, this rainfall that lasted for 15 minutes and then this corn grows in this magnificent uh, hmm. speed and volume. And then he just goes, meh, but that extra corn was going to go bad, so I gave it to the Zelda guy. So it goes from almost this magical tone to just him living his life. Yeah, okay. Which I like. <laughs> but anyway, so. No, that's cool. Well, so that's his corn that was able to grow from that rain? Yeah. And how yes. how close is Tull? What did they say? He walked 12 days or something? That's pretty far away. 12 days, 18 hours a day. We're talking, well, time moves differently here, so. Time moves differently here, so who knows? Yeah. It's been a while since uh, the Gunslinger was much tall, but I think Brown hadn't gone there in over a year. So he went back once to sell corn. Oh, okay. So the grant, he went back, went to Tull to sell corn because it had rained that year and because it had it had rained therefore okay so here we go brown is already telling the story backwards mm. and there's an, uh kind of some foreshadowing of what we've got going on here so i got you yeah so well, it, you go, Stephen King setting it up yeah it seems like it's a story within a story exactly. that, that we're gonna get yeah exactly uh, another thing that we've got going on so yeah uh, he had extra sold it. Uh, so he, he almost got killed. Guy. Wait, what? Almost got killed. Yeah. Now, uh, I was gonna say Brown uh, was talking about like his friend Papa Doc that would have cheated him that he buys beans from, or maybe not his friend, but just sort of a, a merchant of sorts. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So Gunslinger almost got killed there. What does it say after that? Uh, almost got killed there the gunslinger said abruptly that's so I killed a man that was touched by God the gunslinger said only it wasn't God it was the man in black and then he laid you a trap yes um, the okay. so the version that I've got it goes I almost got killed there the gunslinger said do you say so set my watch and warrant on it hmm. and I killed a man that was touched by God well it wasn't God it was the man with a rabbit up his sleeve oh so, there, so I feel like right there that's a good addition because A we've got this set my watch and warrant like it's a statement of almost promise of hand on the bible like that's sort of an idiomatic kind of saying hmm. and then he, and then right after that, he says, it's the man with the rabbit of the sleeve. And I love that. Like, okay. It's the image of the man in black just being a magician and a trickster. Well, we said already uh, he was a sorcerer. And sorcerer. we talked about an enchantment. And yeah. And then he brought somebody yeah. back from the dead, right? An old man of 35 or something? He brought an old man of 35 who had been... Something they say, they say that he was old. old on the weed or something. <laughs> Dying of the weed, yeah. yeah. Old man, thirty-five. So then, uh, he laid you a trap. You say true, I say thank you. So there's some more of those little phrases that Stephen King is just tossing in there. Yeah, just yeah. 
some spice to the soup. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, spice to the soup. <laughs> Uh, they looked at each other at the moment, taking on overtones of finality. But then Brown still had no questions to ask. The cigarette was down to a smoldering roach. But when the gunslinger tapped his poke, Brown shook his head. Uh, tapped his poke, gunslinger Brown shook his head. Uh, then, basically, the gunslinger has to ask for permission. And he says, will I tell you about it? Ordinarily, I'm not much of a talker, but... Sometimes talking helps, but I'll listen. So the gunslinger asks Brown for permission to tell his story. Hmm. So it's just fascinating that there has to be this interaction. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. Is it like permission? Yeah. Exactly. So like he's being very respectful to Brown because I, I I don't know if he knows what Brown is capable of. See, so, right? Didn't he say he could? cave my head in with a rock right now at, at this well exactly and then now we get to the whole thing where he's talking about uh, oh we have been skipping around a lot yeah I'm sorry it's <laughs> okay uh, now we get to the point where have you decided on an enchantment uh, it's across my mind oh yeah there it is oh wait we skipped where he was peeing I don't know, I don't know. he pees after this Oh yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. you know, we don't need to focus on the pee. No, 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 but it, I don't know. The stars glittered overhead in a mad splash. The wind pulsed steadily. His urine arched out over the powdery cornfield in a wavering stream. It's just Stephen I'll King. Take I'll take it back. Stephen King just describing things just to just to keep you in the thing. We can move on. Exactly. I, it's not important, but I, I I do like that though. <laughs> he paints a picture for a moment in time. Yeah. Stars glittering overhead as the gunslinger is peeing on some phone. <laughs> yeah. It's just it, it gets you in the moment. I, I just like how he writes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All for it. Okay. So Yada, gunslinger. Okay, so I was saying how he killed it. Uh, and then Gunslinger closed his eyes, his mind whirled. Tell me what you are, he said thickly. Just a man, one who means you no harm. And I'm still willing to listen if you're willing to talk. To this, the Gunslinger made no reply. I guess you won't feel right about it unless I invite you, Brown said, and so I do. Will you tell me about Tull? Mm. The gunslinger was surprised to find that this time the words were there. He began to speak in flat bursts that slowly spread into an even, slightly toneless nar- narrative, toneless narrative. He found himself oddly excited. He talked deep into the night. Brand not interrupted all, neither did the bird. So it's just. Okay, wait, that's different. True. Okay. So, the, well, it said you doped me. He said thickly. Oh, I missed that. And, and so, when when he said his mind whirled crazily, like I feel like he's been drugged, and it's like a, like a truth serum or something has been given him, and now Brown's getting the truth out of him or something. I don't know. That's what I thought. He's like, uh, what did Brown say to that? Uh, he says you doped me, and he says no, I've done nothing. The gunslinger opened his eyes warily, and then he says, back to what you said, you won't feel right about it unless I invite you, and so I do. Will you tell me about Tull? But I think there was a whole 
feeling that I got that he gave him a drug that made him tell the truth or something right now. Which is an interesting change. <laughs> it feels very deliberate that he wants you to sympathize more with Bran than the gunslinger does. That for when the gunslinger is just, you know, he's eating a heavy meal of, you know, really hard uh, beans and corn. So I feel like it's more the food that's bothering him. But the gunslinger is also really paranoid. So he is saying, did you dope me? And then Brown's like, no. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he didn't dope him at all. Yeah, exactly. It's the gunslinger I just always, being paranoid. <laughs> the, the way I always took it was just the gunslinger being paranoid. But it's interesting that you believed the gunslinger face value. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm wary of Brown, and for some reason I'm like rooting for the gunslinger. I don't know. I don't know why. It's me with this hero's journey, you know. Like I feel like he's the hero, but is he or is he the anti-hero? So, I guess we'll find out. We will find out. I'm sorry to say, but that is the end of our uh, reading this week. We have uh, gotten to the end of Brown and Tall. Yes. Brown and Zoltan. We did it. We, we, Brown and Zoltan. Well, I, I hope it's not the end for them, but it's the end for now. It's true. It's the end of this portion. Yeah. Because Zoltan seemed cool. Zoltan was cool. <laughs> and he's on the, co- the cover of the book, so he's got to come back, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> All right. I got to go to bed, brother. Chapter Brothers. Chapter Brothers. <laughs> it is 3.45 a.m. Yeah, 12.45 here, but I'll be up in three hours. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, well, thank you all for joining us here at Chapter Brothers. Uh, you can check us out online at Chapter Brothers on Facebook. All right, and uh, long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. I love you, brother. <laughs> love you too, brother. Bye-bye.